Hey everybody and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick. This is our second show in three days. You, you heard a Sunday night uh, reviewing the uh, UFC 271. We'll talk a little bit about that show tonight. Um, but uh, if you want to hear our in-depth review of the show, you can uh, sign up for the Fight Game Media Patreon at... Uh, Patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media, and uh, it's just five bucks a month, and you'll get our show along with a bunch of other stuff. Um, but um, yeah, Ryan told me to watch a couple fights. I got some homework, and dog ate my homework. Sorry, I didn't watch the fights. Uh, it's Valentine's Day, and um, you know, I've been married for 31 years, and when the wife says we're doing something, we're doing something. So, um, sorry. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Forgive me. <laughs> It is what it is, as, as Max okay. Holloway would say. Yeah, yeah. So I, I will catch those fights, though. Um, I know the uh, the one you told me to watch, obviously, was the fight of the night. And then the, um, what's the other one? The, um, the Ronnie Lawrence. Lawrence Animar. Martinez? Yeah, that had five yeah. knockdowns in it. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, so I'll definitely watch those, too. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, UFC 271. Um, so was there any other news since we last spoke? Did you hear any early business indications or anything like that? Uh, I mean, the Google searches were good. It indicates, you know, a fairly, fairly good number. And Adesanya has been a, been a big pay-per-view draw you know, since he's be, become champion. So I, w- I would imagine it did, it did good. I, I probably did better than last month. And if it ends up around 500, 600, that's what I would expect for an Adesanya card nowadays. I mean, he's he's his, he's got that new deal, and he's the second, uh, apparently he's the second highest paid uh, fighter on the roster right now. You know, he's behind Connor and above John Jones. So, so he's definitely wow. a big, he's definitely a big star. So, and like he was saying, he kind of hopes you know, his contract has a little bit of a, a trickle down effect. Uh, you know, that's, so we'll knock on wood on wood on that. I mean, he he was very outspoken after after the fight, you know, with his new new deal and how he he doesn't like seeing these guys who are making their debuts that are still working two and three second and third jobs. So he, you know, even though he got his piece of the pie, he's he's still speaking out for for others. So who know, who knows? You know, I've I saw more arguments, you know, today about about well, Bellator pays. You know, their fighters 50% of the revenue is like these comments are stupid. They don't even have 3% of the revenue that the UFC does. They have to pay 50% of their, exactly. of their revenue just to be able to afford to sign some of these, these you know, name guys. I mean, yeah, I guarantee if, if Bellator had the revenue that the UFC did, their pay scale would probably be very similar. I mean, they're paying. Yeah, they're paying, I mean, they're paying their prelim guys, guys on one fight deals. They're paying them a thousand bucks plus a percentage of tickets they sell to their friends and family. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, a thousand bucks and UFC's minimum ten. So, I mean, right, right there is the big difference. And then, of course, the big, big stars in UFC are making way more than they're making in Bellator. So, um, yeah, this. I mean, his last show did six hundred thousand, and that had Nate Diaz uh, uh, on the undercard. So, if this show does um, that, I mean, that's all on Adesanya because there was no other draws on this show really, um, at all. Uh, I mean, Derek Lewis, I guess, is a little bit of a draw, but I mean, you know, he headlined a show that did probably the worst uh, 
number of buys of the year last year. So, um, you know, and Taitui Vasa could be a star someday, but he's not yet. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we'll, mean, we'll see what if happens. He's, if he's, if he's not yet, he probably is after this weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, just saying, he's not a draw. I mean, he could be. I mean, he might be. There's the next fight. I mean, certainly people are paying attention. That's for sure. So, if he headlined a show on ESPN Plus, it would probably get a lot of viewers. But I think, I think he's fighting on pay per views <laughs> going forward. Like we've talked about before, uh, doesn't make any sense to book him for a TV show from the Apex. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, I mean, if yeah. they go to if they go to Australia, maybe, maybe you know, ESPN. Yeah. Plus, yeah, 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 yeah. If they, and if they go there, I mean, I would think their first time they probably are going to do like a loop, right? They're not just going to go there for one show. I mean, they could, they've done it before, but yeah, the, it would make sense to like do two or three shows, yeah, know, maybe hit a couple markets, yeah. Like it's Dana said, he's focused on London first and then probably Columbus after that. As of right now, you know, outside of the pay per views, all the April events are currently planned for the Apex, so so okay. it might still be a few more, few more months. I mean, the I will say they're planned to the point where they've put in requests for having the shows licensed by Nevada, by Nevada and, you know, having Nevada set up officials could always be, you know, fail, fail safe plans. But I would think by now, if they were going to tour in April, they would already have announced, you know, lo- locations oh, yeah. and dates and all that for sure. Sh- for sure. I, I still think, you know, they're, they're going to use the apex a lot i don't i don't like it i don't agree with it they're they're bumping up the the seating to 750 fans in there it's just wow. that environment i mean i don't know that they're going to get 750 fans in there because it's going to be the same people in vegas every weekend they need to yeah they need to you know it's like you know people aren't going to travel to vegas every 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 week for you know a card headline by by you know Johnny Walker against Jamal Hill, but if you put that show in somewhere, oh my god! You know if you put that, the, yeah, if you put that fight card somewhere that you know maybe like they're not used to getting shows, you know, you know wherever you know you know you know Omaha, Nebraska, Wichita, Kansas, North Carolina, South Carolina, anywhere, you know you're probably gonna you're you're gonna get get five six thousand fans and you're you know at least and then you're gonna get a half a million dollar gate so i mean you know especially right now ufc is a super hot ticket seller so yes it is so i mean so it's just i mean even for even the columbus show is doing doing well they haven't been there in years and it's got a it doesn't have the biggest marquee main event you know even even with the chain change this week which we'll get into into later but yeah it's just just uh just yeah i mean you know they like I said last week, the Apex shows are, are like the fights are great, but the environment's starting to get boring, boring because it's a you know it's it's getting to the point of like watching, well you know we'll, we'll talk well you know we'll throw wrestling. It's getting back to the point where it felt like watching the Thunderdome every week or yeah. or watching NXT NXT 2.0 every week. Where it's just the it's the same, so it starts to get old after a while. Or even the um the, you know the uh, the uh, Day- Daly's place like they had some fans there but I mean it was it it was old and by the time they got out of there it was like thank god they're out of yeah. there and I and mean yeah. Uh, yeah you're right it's starting to feel like that here 
and you can say this, the arena shows feel the same, but you get di- you get different reactions in different locations from different people, yep. and you the invite the makeup of the, your audience is different, and and all that. Where it's just the, there's just too much of the sameness in Apex, and and you know I'm just kind of ready to, yeah, it, it was fun, it served its purpose, but but life is pretty much you know with all the mask mandates being dropped everywhere here in america and everything everything and the way the world's starting to act over every everything it's starting to feel like just everything's back to normal and you know let's just get back to normal i guess oh everything's everything's back to normal for sure yeah they you see they just um i don't know if it made news down there but they the prime minister up here uh invoked the emergency measures act basically allowing the use of military force to uh, get rid of the uh, truckers that are blocking the shipping routes at the borders. And basically the banks can freeze their accounts. And like, it's just, it's nuts. It's like, we're in like a totalitarian state right now. Um, you know, cause they're trying to put an end to this. Meanwhile, yeah. like all the provinces I, are, like you said, they're dropping their mandates. We here in Manitoba, we're going to have no masks as of like May, March 15th, I think, but Ontario had announced March 15th and then they just bumped it up to March 1st because basically all the people that are protesting are saying, you know, giving us a date isn't good enough. We're not stopping until we can actually take our masks off. Like it's, uh, people are revolting in Canada. So I mean, what does that tell you? Um, and the next thing is the I mean, borders, yeah. like, you know, they got to get rid of this testing to cross the borders. It's ridiculous, but yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, England, England's, England's dropped their mass mandates and a lot of countries have dropped, yeah. dropped theirs. Australia's opened back up, back up New Zealand, uh, New Zealand will be a holdout, a holdout, which, you know, I, I'd assign in them. They're still, they're still in New Zealand and they were talking about, you know, they're, he was, he still doesn't seem happy about the way New Zealand is going right now, but, uh, just, I mean, just, I don't know. I mean, yeah. like, it just feels like. It feels like we've got a grasp on how to handle, you know, COVID now, you know, just, it'll be better, be better once, uh, once uh, over the counter pills, you know, are available, are available. But a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff, like I felt like I had, I had like a bad allergy thing, I guess. I mean, I, my nose was running to, to the point where I went and got a got a rapid test Wednesday because I didn't want to go down to the UFC. UFC if I tested positive, even though, you know, I'm vaccinated and, and boosted and all all that. But, I mean, I, I tested negative. negative, But, I okay. mean, it just felt like, felt like, you know, felt like even if it, even if I felt any sy- symptoms like the running nose and congestion, you know, take a few Claritin and I was just, and I was fine, you know, an hour later. So, so yeah, it's just, yeah. you know. Well, here here, here for for us to go down to the states we have to take a test and it can't be a rapid test it has to be a full pcr test it costs 140 bucks each test now coming back you have to take the same test but you can get them for free down in the states but here we have to pay even though we have universal health care and uh, so that's the next thing people are working on is to get rid of these tests because if you test positive all of a sudden you have to quarantine for 10 days and then like so my wife is like I, she can't take 10 days off work yeah. um you know just because she tested positive so she, you know we're not going anywhere unless uh unless they get rid of these testing so enough about that um so yeah so out of uh so yeah just a yeah, reminder no, back to you, you didn't back to you. oh yeah back to the ufc I was saying, back, back um, to in UFC. case you missed back the, UFC, um, yeah. the <laughs> what yeah 
Do you, uh, so if, um, in case you missed our show the other night, uh, obviously Israel Asanya won uh, unanimous decision over Robert Whitaker in the main event. Uh, very close fight, but Adesanya won. Tui Vasa, we talked about, knocked out Derek Lewis. Uh, Jared Cannonier got a great knockout win over Derek Brunson, probably got a title shot off of that. Demanded you, a title uh, shot with his post fight promo. I did watch the promo. You did watch that, it, yeah. I, uh, yeah i mean okay i get what you're saying and it certainly meant more than than the um than the moicano promo and it was more important and it was crucial that he did it and he probably made himself a lot of money by doing it i still liked moicano's better oh yeah <laughs> just because no, it was I, I entertaining get, i get i get yeah the, i get the entertainment point but like i was saying yeah. on the show for those for those who aren't on the patreon and just listen to the free feed and like i was talking to you if you want something like a title fight that is the promo you cut the jared cannon here yes. near pro, promo promo like when he's yelling dana look at me y'all stop distracting dana dana look at me that's title shots mine it's mine i'm next yeah. nobody else like this is perfect that's how you that's how it you was guarantee yourself a title shot it was absolutely perfect no you're right um, Moicano uh, had a second round submission over Alexander Hernandez and he uh, cut a great promo afterwards again uh, you know uh, basically it was a promo it wasn't an interview because he didn't even let Cormier ask any questions and Bobby Green uh, got him in decision over uh, Nasrat Hakparas that was the main card prelims we had Andre Lofsky get split decision over Jared Vandera which was not a split decision at all um, in, well it was but it shouldn't have been and Casey O'Neill as well got a split decision win over Roxanne and Matafari, which was ridiculous because Casey O'Neill won 30-27 on every single media member scorecards, except the judges all had it 29-28, and even one of them scored it for Matafari, which was ridiculous. Uh, Kyler Phillips got a submission over Marcelo Rojo in the third round, minute in, minute and almost two minutes in. Carlos Alberg won a boring fight over Fabio Charant, which kicked off the televised prelims. Ronnie Lawrence, great fight uh, over Mana Martinez, got a mass decision. Jacob Malcoon, boring fight, uh, United States decision over AJ Dobson. Douglas Silva de Andrade, this was the fight of the night, right? Yeah, um, yeah over Sergey Morosov. Morosov nearly had him finish in the first, and then Silva de Andrade came on back and submitted him in the second. Jeremiah Wells submitted Blood Diamond, the debuting protege of Israel Adesanya, or training partner, I guess would probably be a better way to put it. Blood Diamond, uh, you know, 20 seconds left in the first round. And kicking off the card, Maxine Grisham beat William Knight, who missed weight by 12 pounds in a horrible fight. Uh, well, it wasn't a horrible fight, but it wasn't very good. Um, Grisham won, uh, and Knight, uh, yeah, Knight's got to get these weight issues. Well, he took the fight on a short notice, so maybe that's what was going on. Did you did you hear anything more about that, um, about uh, what happened with Knight? Uh, I haven't heard anything thing about it. Did you watch any of the broadcast? No, I had. I, I still have. I still have I had a. I had a busy day. To, okay. Busy day today, and I probably. Oh yeah. It might be. It might be the weekend before I get around to watch the broadcast. If I if I actually do watch, I don't. Sometimes I don't watch them. I might need yeah. to, to to kind of. I wouldn't for to go over some of the observer stuff, but but I don't feel. Yeah. I don't ever really feel the need to. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, oh, one thing I want to mention uh, before we get into the preview of next week's UFC. This is something that I found out this week. And you know what? I bet you a lot of people listening already know this, but there might be some people out there that didn't. So if you are listening to the show and you, you know, you clicked on the Spotify and you downloaded it and you're listening, first of all, thank you. But secondly, sign up. Sign up, subscribe. You'll get a notification whenever we have a new show. Same thing with Apple uh, Podcasts. You know, you can sign up. If you have downcasts like I do, you just sign up and it, it just shows up right in your feed. Um, we get the download. So, you know, we got a bunch of shows on this on this feed. And even if maybe you don't have a chance to listen to them all, uh, every download helps us out. So, you know, sign up and subscribe. And then, you know, listen to the shows you can and delete the ones you don't. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, but, yeah, it does help us out a lot. And for me, like, I didn't know. But I didn't know you could actually listen to this show without subscribing. Um, so I learned something new. Garrett told me. Um, but yeah, so yeah, if you are just clicking on the link to listen, maybe sign up and, and it helps us out quite a bit. So uh, that was UFC 271 from Houston. And uh, next pay-per-view is going to be in uh, three weeks. Uh, UFC 272 from Las Vegas. Big fight, Colby Covington and uh, Jorge Masvidal. And as you hinted at, uh, the co-main event was originally supposed to be the main event for next week. Um, and it is uh, Rafael Fizayev against uh rafael dos Anjos. and uh so what happened there why why'd that fight get moved just because they had no co-main event for that uh, other card no no uh the v uh Fiziev's visa didn't get approved in time for this week's show okay it's gonna get approved in time for for march 5th march 5th but they they had no choice but to but to move it you know and you know, luckily they got the stamp of approval that, yeah, it'll be done before the March fifth, and they were needing a co-main event for that for that show. So just everything yeah. kind of worked out. It's not the strongest co-main event for for a pay per view card, but that that card's selling on the strength of Covington and Masvidal and and the heat and the build up between those two. So it really doesn't matter at that point. There's, a, there's another question I had for you about this. Um, we got Kevin Holland. We got uh, sorry. We got Kyle Daukus and Jamie Pickett in the co-main event of this show, and we'll we'll go over the card, you know, in detail like we always do. But we were supposed to see Kyle Daukus and Kevin Holland have a rematch, and they rebooked it once, and uh, then you know they, or they yeah, and then they you know they had to pull out, and now they both got different opponents, and they're actually fighting in different weight classes as well. So what happened there? Like how come they're not rematching these guys just because Kevin Holland wanted to go to welterweight? Well, no, I think it was well when Holland was hurt and pulled out of that fight. They had Dawkins a different fight, and then that fight fell out the week week of, and they rebooked Dawkins for originally against Julian Marquez on this show, and then you know a couple weeks later Holland they booked Holland and Oliveira, and Holland said he was moving down. It's just just a matter of just they ended up with different opponents. Different opponents, so it's just no, it's, it's too bad. It is I what it is. That fight again, you know. But yeah, yeah, as Max Oliver would say. Uh, um, so yeah, so we got this fight, this card, uh, main event. Johnny Walker. I mean, Johnny Walker. You know, half this main event's okay, but Jamal Hill is. I, you know, I mean, he's a great prospect, uh, you know, really good fighter, but like nobody knows this guy and he's main eventing a show here. And when you go down this card, when we go through it later, this card is, uh, ooh, this might be one of the weakest cards I've ever seen in UFC in terms of star power. 
uh, uh, main main card main card's decent decent but uh, I mean it's it's the it's the like I said it's the <laughs> we've had a bunch of shows in the last couple months we're having a bunch of shows yep. right now so we're you know we're just gonna have these yeah. and you're saving you know you're saving some big fights for pay per view cards and it's just how it's how it goes I mean not every but but I mean you know all these all these fight nights have been for the most part entertaining entertaining so far this year and the yes. uh, main event uh, Johnny Walker Johnny Walker Jamal Hill Jamal Hill. I mean, uh, yeah, Johnny Walker's coming off that bad fight with Tiago Santos. I don't think this fight will be like that because Santos. I mean, it takes two to tango, and Santos can can be in boring fights. And you know, Walker Walker didn't engage as much, but Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill's an exciting fighter, fighter, and he's gonna make it. He's gonna make this exciting. He's gonna be pressuring Walker, and Walker's gonna have to fight a lot different than he did against, against Santos, and he's probably gonna have to fight like the Johnny Walker that was you know getting these crazy knockouts and and you know was being talked about as a threat to john jones jones at the time so this this could probably be pretty pretty fun so so i mean yeah it's not the strongest main event it's also a main event on a week's notice and those and it's kind of cool that those guys decided to to go five rounds when they could easily just said no we want to stick at three three so i mean you gotta give props to those guys you know willing to step up at late notice to five rounds when they didn't have to and and then you know probably won't even go uh-huh. five it probably won't even go three i was gonna say three i mean it might yeah. go two but unless yeah unless uh, i was just know, looking if, if it i don't want to say it's you know it won't because you, you never know i didn't think i didn't think tiago santos and johnny walker would go go two rounds and look no. and it ended up being one of the worst fights of last year so so but you know i i don't i just i jamal hill is a lot more active and a lot more exciting than tiago santos santos is you know so you know, and Jamal Hill's still young enough to where he can put himself in a lot of trouble. And if Johnny Walker takes advantage of it, you know, it might be a quick night for one of those two guys. Some must win for Johnny Walker. He's he's lost three of his last four, and uh, guys like him, um, you know, tend to get cut when they're losing a lot more than they're winning. You know, he's probably probably got a bigger ticket than most, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say yeah. This is definitely a mu- must win for him, far more than Jamal Hill. Yeah, for sure, because Hill's got the one loss to Paul Craig, you know, by submission, and a lot of people get submitted by Paul Craig, so uh, not. Yeah, I just, that was I, his, I get a kick. That was, when you, his, <laughs> that was when his arm was dangling, and while he was getting, yeah, while he was getting submitted. Remember that? Yeah. I, uh, I I get a kick out of when I'm, I'm we're talking about Jamal Hill in the main event and I'm looking I'm I'm reviewing the the show you know I'm looking at the fights on topology and the the picture of Jamal Hill uh, is just like whoa I'm in the main event really um, yeah he's got kind that of, little look he has a look yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a pretty good um, that's a pretty good topology picture right there yeah. Uh, and uh, next up, the co-main is, uh, you know, an interesting middleweight fight. Kyle Doukas, um, you know, fav- friend of this sh- favorite of this show, uh, by me anyways. Um, he's going up against Jamie Pickett. Um, so 
Daukus had that fight, the last fight with Kevin Holland, which he was losing, but then, you know, Holland got DQ'd, or it was, I guess it was no contest because uh, of an accidental headbutt, but um, that was a fight he was favored in, and uh, Holland looked like he was probably going to win. Um, so that would have been three losses out of four for Daukus after, you know, starting his career undefeated. Um, you know, big fight for him. And, uh, you know, this is at middleweight, and Jamie Pickett is an up and coming middleweight guys one two in a row um yeah real uh you know strong fight i mean it's not guys that a lot of people know but i mean they're definitely you know guys that are on the come up yeah well real quick this fight's actually going to be at 195 pounds uh because oh really just took the fight like a like a few days a few days ago and you know trying to get to 185 on on eight days notice maybe a little bit hard so but anyway but yeah i mean it's an interesting fight it's not you know there's no title ramifications on it but but pick it Pickett's, you know, he's got two wins in a row after after losing his first two UFC fights. I mean, he was on the danger of being on the chopping block after the after those two losses, but he's got himself, you know, a little bit of momentum. It's obviously the toughest fight he's had had so far with Kyle Dawkins. I mean, but Dawkins is kind of in a in a must win situation because he's he's only got one win in four fights inside the octagon octagon, and just I mean, granted he lost to Brandon Allen and. Alls who are two really good guys, but this is this is a must win for for Dawkins. I think I'm pretty positive he'll do it just because just because he he is you know more talented than Pickett, not a not knock on Pickett, but his wrestling stronger, his submissions are stronger, and he's younger. So uh, so yeah, I like Dawkins in this one. Yeah, I uh, I don't really have any strong feelings one way or the other, but I just have a feeling it's gonna be a really good fight. Um, then we got a heavyweight fight. Uh, two guys that I'm sure a lot of people don't know. Uh, Parker Porter, who's, you know, you're just your typical, you know, create a heavyweight in the UFC video game, you know, just you know, overweight guy. It's probably going to probably going to look a lot like Parker Porter. And he's going up against Alan Bodil, who uh, lost to Tom Aspinall in his UFC debut. And then he had a fight with Rodrigo Nascimento, which was no contest but i assume yeah that was a drug failure um so really he's lost two in a row um you know probably a must win for him too um you know because he hasn't won in ufc yet uh although i'm assuming this fight probably came together on on short notice like most of this card no no everything everything was normal but uh yeah i remember a few months ago when we started that joke about how you know ufc has to have some random heavyweight matchup on every card <laughs> yeah and then the, on every main card that's on espn plus inside the apex then they kind of got away from from it a little bit well this is back to that i mean this is this like this I mean, I I don't know what on the prelims is better than this that you could put put on Chaz there. Chad Skelly uh, and Mark Striegel, yeah, may, or maybe Benitez and Onama, but uh, but yeah, this is just your your. I mean, we got to get heavyweights and hope they knock each other out. But I mean, Porter could finish, but Bado, but he, I mean, he's been a decision, he's been a decision guy, you know, in his two two wins. He's looked good in his last two wins. It's not yeah, over. Okay. It's not over big names, but I mean, but neither is Alan Bado's not a big name. So it's it's just 
eh, it's a heavyweight fight, and hopefully it doesn't suck. That's all I got to say about that. I saw the uh, fight that he had in TKO with Todd Stout. <laughs> Todd Stout. Um, and it was bad, and it ended in DQ. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of Alan, but though. I'll just say that. Um, one guy I am a fan of, um, you know, and this is a guy who's checking towards UFC 300. I think he's going to set the UFC record for most fights when he steps in the octagon here. Uh, Jim Miller and Nicholas yeah, he, well, Mota at he, he lightweight. Already, he already has the record, so he's extending it a little bit more. Oh, so he's going to extend it. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if uh, Arlovsky tied him. I couldn't remember what they said. But, oh, wait. Week, maybe. Yeah, I know Arlovsky's close, too. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I forgot about Arlovsky because I keep thinking about Cerrone, you know, because Cerrone's yeah. the other guy in, the, in that mix. Like, of course, Arlovsky would be way ahead of him if he hadn't been gone from UFC for six years. But yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Either either he's either Arlovsky's tied with Cerrone and Miller's in first, or or Arlovsky and Miller are tied. Either no, way, Ar- Miller. Arlo- is... Arlo- I, I got it right here for me. Arlovsky and Cerrone are at thirty-seven, and Miller's at thirty-eight. So this will be thirty-nine for Miller. There you go. Wow. So 39, and this is going to be his 50th fight um, in MMA. And yeah, he's he's already publicly stated he has a goal of making it to UFC 300, which we anticipate will be about two and a half years from now. So yeah, Yeah, he's looking good so far. Yeah. I mean, he won his last fight. He had lost three of four before that. But I mean, if you, you know, you go back a little bit further, he's basically a 500 fighter over the last four years. And, you know, he's not fighting like, you know, like terrible guys. Like, you know, he's he's got some nice wins. Clay Guida, Alex White, Roosevelt Roberts, you know. Um, and this is, he's got a, a debuting fighter here, Nicholas Moda, um, off the Contender Series. Uh, you know, coming in, won, won three in a row. Don't really know a ton about him. Does have a win over Joe Selecki on the uh, on the regionals, so he's he's probably pretty good. But uh, yeah, I, I you know just just another fight for Jim Miller. <laughs> yeah, I mean Jim Jim Miller, he's got that veteran savvy savvy, and just feel he he a lot of his losses recently, except for he did lose to the aforementioned Selecki Selecki, but you know Selecki's pretty talented, pretty talented. But but if you look at his recent thing thing, a lot of his losses are against like to these hard nosed veterans, you know the Vince Pichels, yep. Pichel types. I mean, but like his last win was what over Eric Gonzalez, Eric Gonzalez, and that was the guy who was making his UFC debut. And the funny thing was Gonzalez actually replaced Nicholas Moda in that fight. So this fight's been oh. been booked before booked before. Uh, before but uh yeah it kind of feels like miller kind of feels like he's a you know it's it's a strange matchup to i mean to to have the guy who who has the most most usc fights of all time and with another win with ty ty cerrone for the most usc wins of all time i guess the guy who's making his ufc debut you know it's kind of you know it's a that's a tall task yeah. but uh but moda's got talent but i, I think miller and his you know his veteranness and, and all that just i think i think it's gonna be a little bit too much too much for moda and uh you know we're talking about ufc 300 300 you know july 2024 and somebody we were talking about the other night on our post fight show show and it's funny that they haven't yet fought but they've been booked a couple couple times but they've fallen apart but but you know what let's get on a bandwagon and keep these two apart and ufc 300 and let's do jim miller and bobby green there 
That would just be. Oh my god! Just that would, dude, that would just be. That would just be fun, you know, because those guys, you know, yeah. both those guys deserve to be in the company for another two and a half years and to fight on a show show like that. So that would be a fun fight for that one. But but you know that that's down the road. But but as far as immediate future, yeah. I, I like Jim Miller in this one. He's he, you can never count Jim Miller out in a fight. No, uh, that would be, uh, yeah, that, they, they could kick off the main card and that would be just awesome. Um, you know, we, we think about it, you know, Miller and Moda, you know, when they get in the cage, they'll, they'll have a combined 40 UFC fights. So, you know, they're pretty experienced there. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, me and Babe Ruth have a combined 714 home runs in the majors. It was like Orlovsky and Bandera this, this, this last week. Yeah. Orlovsky was in his 37th fight. You know, Steve and Bandera was in his fourth, but Hey, they had a combined 41 USC fights going into that fight. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. More than uh, Miller and Moda. Well, um, wait so till, and yeah. wait till wait till Cerrone and Lozon fight in a couple of months. I mean, those guys, oh. those guys have a combined uh, like like seventy, like well, probably you know, definitely sixty, sixty because Cerrone's got 37, 37 and uh, you know, I can I can look at. I'd them. be willing to bet that between the two guys, they probably have more performance bonuses than any two guys that have ever fought against each other. Oh, like if you combine sure. them, sure. and Lozon has twenty-seven. Yeah, so those guys have sixty or sixty-four combined UFC fights. Jeez, wow. Uh, rounding out the main card, uh, Joaquin Buckley, who uh, you know had that uh, famous knockout loss to Kevin Holland last. Last year, or the year before, I can't even remember what yeah, it, it was. was. It That's was, what I always remember it was, him for. It, uh, it was what did you say? It was the loss to Kevin Holland, but he he had the viral knockout right. of Impa, Impa Kasangane. Oh, oh right, that right. Was, that was in Abu Dhabi in October of 2020. But he also had the he got knocked out by Kevin Holland. Too. Yeah, he got knocked in, out. Uh, by Kevin that, that was pretty good knockout. Yeah, that was a good knockout. Uh, but yeah, the uh, yeah where he kicked off Impa's head, um, and yeah, he uh, he's back and he's fighting Abdul Razak Al Hassan, which is a tough tough out. Uh, both guys, uh, you know, kind of need a win here. You know, um, Al Hassan, you know, he got a win in his last fight, but he lost three in a row leading up to there. Um, both these guys have fought Alessio Di Chirico. I just noticed. And MMA math tells me Abdul Razak Al Hassan's going to win this one, but I don't always go with the MMA math. I think I like Buckley here. Well, Al Al Hassan was back to his his devastating winning ways in his last fight when he you know when he knocked out yeah like seven, seconds. seventeen seconds with a with a head kick, and you know we always remember we always remember we were joking about after that fight how Dicharico is always one of those guys that complains that that the guys who lose fights don't don't uh, get interviewed afterwards either either I was like I was wondering if he would be okay getting interviewed after being knocked out in 17 seconds with the head kick head kick but anyway but uh i uh let's see between these two guys i mean you can you can always say anything the whole adage anything happens if i but if this does not end up with somebody being knocked out in the first round i'll be disappointed uh 
And I really feel like Al-Hassan's going to knock Buckley out in the first round. He's just way more powerful, and I think he's way more talented, too. too. He, yeah, he had that stretch where he lost three in a row, and and I think, you know, the legal troubles that he was in was probably still a little a little distraction. And, you know, at least in the first fight, the fight with Chaos Williams, I mean, they were throwing at it, each other in 30 seconds. I mean, you know, both guys like that. And then when he fought Jacob Al. Malcoon, it's just, just Malcoon, just with his wrestling, and I don't know how Alisson was prepared for that, but he looked good in his last fight. He's tra- switched up his training a little bit, so, so I really like him a whole lot in this fight, and I think he's going to knock Buckley out in the first round. The last seven times Joaquin Buckley's fought, uh, it's ended uh, before the. You know, it hasn't gone the distance, and every single one of them has been a knockout, uh, one way or the other. He's been knocked out three times, twice actually, and uh, he's won five. So, yeah, this probably won't go long. Um, and yeah, and that's the main card. So, uh, you mentioned earlier the prelims, and not a heck of a lot better than this main card, but, uh, or actually worse, but not much on this main card that could have replaced anything on, or not much on these prelims that could have, ugh, not much in these prelims that could have replaced anything on the main card, but, uh, why don't you take us through them? Okay, so uh, I'm going to just go by the – I'm just going to go through the fights. I don't have a, an official bout order for the prelims because there's been sure. two late changes. Late changes, so I don't know how, exactly how how it shapes up. But we're going to start off uh, – you know what? What looks to be the opening fight is a bantamweight fight, Mario Batista against Jay Perrin. This fight literally was announced a couple hours before we started recording this. Uh, Perrin is replacing Khalid Taha on short notice. He's making his USC debut. I think he's a uh, let me see. Yeah, he is a CES champion. Yeah, champion. Uh, oh. So so yeah. Uh, yeah, bantamweight champion, CES MMA bantamweight champion, which CES, you know, is on is on Fight Pass. It gets a lot of gets a lot of guys to UFC and a lot of guys in contender series. He was probably going to be a contender series guy, guy, but you know, gets a chance to make his UFC debut here. So, so we got that. And another fight that came together on you know just a couple of days ago, uh, featherweight fight, Jonathan Pierce against Christian Rodriguez. Pierce was supposed to originally fight Austin Lingo. Lingo got hurt. Rodriguez stepped in. Uh, Rodriguez is seven and zero. He was on the contender series this past year. Didn't get signed. Didn't get signed because he won by decision. Decision, and that was that was you know that was after the point where everybody was was uh, complaining about Dana was just signing everybody who who won. Then all of a sudden, I think he realized I'm signing too many too many people. So he, he started cutting back back on you know signing everybody and only was signing finishers. But uh, yeah, that should be an interesting fight. Uh, we got a bantamweight fight. Chad Ellinger. A Canadian making his UFC de- debut against Jesse Strader. Hel- Hel- I think that's it. And Hellinger, Helliger, I think. That's how you and Helliger, yeah. And Helliger, yeah. yeah. He has an interesting career. He started off two and five, you know, was looking like he was going nowhere. Two, three, four, five, six. He's won nine yeah, in a yeah. row. Nine in a row now. No, sorry, I was counting out loud. Uh, nine in a row. I saw, I saw a lot of those fights too. Believe it or not, yeah, they, yeah. we used to get hard knocks on in the on the Fight Network here in Canada, and yeah, yeah, they're always uh, good sure, fights. Yeah, uh, he just, yeah, just was on the on the wrong end of them. 
of a lot of them. But yeah, yeah he's won yeah. nine in a row. Nine in a row coming into USC debut. One on the Contender Series. Uh, he's got a win over recent uh, tough finalist Brady High, high Stand. So yeah, yeah. And then Strader's uh, five and two. You know, he's got his his lone UFC uh, showing was a loss in the first round to Montel Jackson. So. So and uh, so and Halliger should be the favorite in this one. Uh, we got a women's uh, strawweight fight: uh, Diana Belbita against Gloria DePaula. Uh, yeah, is that Belbita Belhia or whatever? You know, tomato yeah, yeah. tomato. Uh, but uh, Jeez. yeah, but uh, yeah, strawweight fight. Uh, you got a. Got a featherweight fight. Yeah, I don't have much to say about Velvita, 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 and uh, DePaula. Just you know, yeah. It's, it's yeah, yeah, five and four. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, got a strawweight. I got a featherweight fight. Chas Skelly in his retirement fight. Of course, his retirement fight isn't oh. the hype that Roxanne Montefiore is getting, but he says this is his retirement fight. I kind of tend to believe him. He, you know, he's 36. He's been hurt a lot. He's a lo- local guy here in Texas, but uh, fight Mark Striegel. Striegel hasn't fought in in uh, since 2020, and he's only when he lost to Syed Nurmagomedov. And uh, well, Skelly hasn't fought since. 2019, not through any fault of his own, because we remember last year, last year when he was supposed to fight Jamal Emmers, and and he was in the cage, and all of a sudden the fight was canceled after Skelly had already entered yeah. the cage oh, because right. Emmers, yeah. Emmers had some back spasms right before he was he was going to walk out. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we got a women's bantamweight fight: Jessica Rose Clark and her two new friends with uh, against Stephanie Egger. <laughs> Uh, so you little <laughs> I, is that why she's bantamweight now? Well, no, no, she moved up before then, but she definitely is not making flyweight flyweight anymore with those. Uh, you know, yeah. good, good for her. <laughs> let, let those women do. It. She's yeah. not the only one. Have you seen Betch Kohea no. or Carolina Kovalkevich lately? So, uh, uh, if not, you in the, not in the cage. If you, <laughs> yeah, have go look them up on Instagram, Paul. I know you don't have Instagram, but uh, yeah, they're well, they're enjoying life. Steve. I do, I do. But uh, they they have some, yeah, they have some new friends. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, Clark, she's she's looked good since she uh, moved back up to bantamweight. Uh, just coming off a win over Jocelyn Edwards and Edgar. This is her third. UFC fight. She beat. She finished Shayna Young in October, so probably be a decent fight there. And then closing out the prelims, you have a featherweight fight: Gabriel Benitez against David Onama. Benitez has been there a while, you know, tough from tough Mexico. Uh, Onama, he's in a, in his second fight, but he had a very impressive uh, first fight against Mason Jones in October. Those guys, those guys had a had a hell of a fight that was back and forth, back and forth, and you know, uh, and on on a fight that Onama took him like on a on a week's notice or something like that. And uh, now he gets a full training camp and I'm really excited to see what, what he does here because he, he showed some really good skills in that fight against Jones. So that's your prelims for Saturday. Yeah. Sorry. I was just looking at basically his Instagram. Um, yeah, no, that sounds, sounds really cool. Uh, no, Benitez. I love Mowgli. Um, and, uh, Onama, this, that, that, I mean, that should be on the main card. I don't know why it's not, 
but uh, you know, um, I guess you know it's tough too because Onama's a guy that had a lot of hype, and now he could be zero two in the UFC, and and he's got a tough opponent here. So, um, yeah, I guess if anything happens to any of the main card fights, we'll see the Benitez fight on the main card. But uh, so this fight, this show is um, ESPN Plus all the way, starts at three p.m. Eastern. So it'll be another one of those shows that's over by you know ten nine o'clock, hopefully nine thirty our time. Um, what do we got? Twelve fights? Oh, maybe even earlier, right? Might even might even be done by nine Eastern. Well, no, 10, 10 Eastern, right? Probably. Uh, probably 10 Eastern, yeah. 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 Yeah, so that's good. Um, so, yeah, uh, check that out. That'll be, again, on ESPN+. Plus, TSN in Canada, uh, I assume. They got the Olympics on, too. So this might actually be one that they move to to uh, UFC Fight Pass, um, which they tend to do sometimes. So we'll see what happens. Um, and that is not the only show this weekend. Uh, we also got uh, Bellator. Uh, Bellator 274 from uh mohegan sun which is kind of their home these days uh they do the odd road show but uh, if they're not you know doing a big show somewhere in europe or something it's usually it's usually here at the mohegan sun and a uh, big event main, main event in any arena in the country uh neiman gracie and logan storley um i saw the uh, press release from bellator it was like ranked have ranked welterweights fighting in the main event and i think they're four and five in the Bellator rankings so yeah uh yeah I'm not going out of my way to watch this one. What about you? Well, it is it is Saturday night, and the main card will start after the UFC's over. So, if you haven't had okay. enough fights on Saturday, Saturday, you know you got you could easily watch the UFC main card and transition into the Bellator main card. Which I mean, I don't know that anybody will. I mean, let's let's face it, this Bellator card, we'll be lucky to get. 60,000 people to watch it. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's these guys are big names for if you're a Bellator hardcore fan, you know who these are. If you're a casual fan, fan, I mean, the only thing that stands out is the Gracie name, name, you know. Yeah. But even Gracie's good and Storley's good. It's a, it's a good fight, you know, for, you know, especially by Bellator Bellator standards and it's nice it's nice for them to give some some new guys, you know, main event slots. So, yeah, it's it's a good fight. There's actually, I'm looking at the prelims, and and I bet you if I watch anything, it's going to be some of these prelim fights because there's a bunch of them I'm actually interested in. Uh, we got Brent, Brennan Ward fighting. Uh, I think he's a former uh, middleweight title contender anyways, if not champion. Um, Aviv Ghazali, who is an interesting prospect. He's a 21-year-old out of Israel. He's 6-0. His dad fights in Bellator too, so that's kind of a cool story, although he's not on this card. I assume he'll be in the corner. Uh, and he's fighting Bobby King. Not Bobby King Green, but this is a different guy, Bobby King. And Deanna Bennett and Justine Kish is a women's flyweight fight that, you know, both those women have names uh, that, you know, a lot of people know. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be checking those out for sure. And then, you know, maybe I'll come back and check the main event out. Um, and we've also got Andre Korshkov, uh fighting in the co-main event. And Georgie Karakanian, uh, former World Series of Fighting Champion, fighting Adam Piccolotti at lightweight. So, uh, you know, it's an, by Bellator standards, it's not a bad card at all, honestly. Um, and they've even got their random heavyweight fight, you know, like UFC does, uh, Davian Franklin and Saeed Sauma, uh, you know, which I'm sure is going to light the world on fire. Um, so that is uh, on 
showcase showtime i should say in the united states and youtube in canada uh if you're interested in that bell tour 274 on saturday february 19th if you're you know if you're sick of the olympics and you want to watch some fighting there's lots of fighting this weekend um and uh yeah we've yeah i guess we'll get over these stuff in the news i got some bellator fights that just got announced that i got in my list here but we'll go over those later um and then uh so yeah that takes us to our we have to talk about segment and damn if you're an mma person you know what we got to talk about this week and i'm surprised i don't think we've ever had to talk about this guy but we we definitely have to talk about him this week yeah for we have to talk about segment this week we're gonna we're going to talk a little bit about Joe Rogan and the whole Joe Rogan situation because I kind of got I kind of got a few opinions on on it and and especially after everything that happened this weekend this weekend and just uh and you know maybe maybe you want to shed some light on on your thoughts on on everything sure. everything but yeah if you've if you've uh been living under a rock you know Joe Rogan's been in the been in the news a lot lately because of his podcast podcast you know and the COVID covid situation and my opinion on that real quick is yeah he he's he gets guests that tend to lean lean towards more one side one side and it'd be nice if he was a little bit more balanced when he comes to the guests to the guests but you know it is what it is if you're listening to joe rogan for your medical advice you really shouldn't and he will be the first first to admit that for you but unfortunately a lot of people do listen to him for their medical advice so so but uh uh as far as the controversy over him with the n-word uh i was i've listened to a lot of those podcasts when he you know that he did those especially like with the show with quentin tarantino tarantino and discussions he he would have with dave chappelle and yeah you could say he shouldn't have said said the actual word he should have said n-word but at the same time like those discussions were very kind of serious about it it wasn't like he was just saying it for comedic effect effect or anything and i think a lot of that video that was made with all the, the compilation of it a lot of it was out of context but yeah he, he definitely did needed to apologize for using the word and you know shouldn't have used the word but i don't you know i also didn't you know it's it's a touch that's a touchy situation yeah yeah you should nobody nobody of you know you know, his color, my color should ever say that word under any circumstance. But at the same time, he wasn't using it in a racial, racial tone. You know, he's asking, he's asking Quentin Tarantino, you know, what's his fascination with using that word, that word, you know, in his movies like Pulp Fiction and Django Unchained. Yeah. He didn't need to say the actual word, but yeah, it's what it, it's what it is. It's a conversation, but, uh, but all that controversy, he ended up not working the UFC show this past weekend after he was confirmed to work it. Uh, and, and, you know, he was, he was scheduled to work it as late as Wednesday. And, uh, you know, the, the claim was scheduling conflicts, but everybody kind of knows the truth. And even Dana after said, after the show, they said there was no scheduling conflicts and Rogan was texting John Anik during the show. And yeah, and Ro- they mentioned and it on Dana yeah dana said that rogan you know decided not to work the show a lot of people think that it was an espn call obviously dana dana's not gonna you know throw espn under the under the bus uh you know and you know maybe rogan did this maybe 
Dana was telling the truth and Rogan did decide to not work the show to just kind of let the heat from everything die down because, because, you know, to be honest, uh, if he worked the show, there would be people, there would be people out there that make stories that would make stories out of it, out of him working it. But, uh, he's supposed to be back in March, but, uh, yeah, I th- I thought it was a good idea whether it was his call or somebody else's call just to not work this weekend and let the kind of heat kind of die down. And I, and I think, you know, this will be one of those things where everybody talks about it for a couple of weeks like they have, and it'll be over, you know, it's probably over now. So here, this probably won't surprise you, knowing you, knowing me as you do, and even listeners of this show who know me and know how oblivious I am to a lot of things. I honestly had no idea about the all the controversy over the N word uh, before I read the Observer, which I didn't actually read until today. So when all this stuff was going down with Joe Rogan, I thought it was over the Neil Young stuff. I didn't realize, the, you know, all the other stuff that had gone on over the last week. So, um, you know, I, I did read up on that before we did the show. And, um, you know, and, and my I think my take is pretty similar to yours. First off, I'm pretty like I, I'm probably almost the exact opposite politically of just about everything Joe Rogan says, you know, into his views on COVID and a lot of other stuff. Like, I don't agree with almost anything he says. But I will say that this whole thing with the N-word, this feels like people on the same side of the aisle that I'm on that are just trying to get at this guy and and trying to play gotcha. Um, You know, because clearly anybody that listens to that stuff in context knows what what he was doing. And it's not a lot to excuse it. Like, it's never okay. But, um, you know, he he clearly was not – he was using it in a way to shed light on the fact that it was negative as opposed to – to actually like say the words and glorify the use of the word. In fact, he was doing the exact opposite of glorifying the use of the word. So, um, you know, it's, you know, it is what it is. And he apologized. And I thought his apology was sincere. Um, you know, he said basically that, you know, the same thing. And we're just, we're saying it's never okay. It's never okay for some, for a white person to use that language. And he said, I shouldn't have used it. Um, it's not the way it was intended, but that I should have known better. He's saying, and, and, and he, I think another thing he said was if you ever have to utter the phrase, I'm not a racist, you probably fucked up. And he said, I fucked up. Like, you know, he he said it that clearly. So, you know what? Good, good for him. Uh, I think he was right to take this week off if that's what he did, whether it was a collaborative thing between him and ESPN and Dana and whatever, or if it was just his call on his own, whatever it was, it was probably the smart move. And, you know, in, in a few weeks, hopefully everything dies down. He's still on Spotify, um, you know, and I'm sure he's not going to lose any listeners over this. I mean, he'll lose some, obviously, but nothing significant. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I think he's learned from this and, and I think like he hasn't used that kind of language in a long time either. So, and even when he did, there was a reason for it. So, uh, not defending it, uh, per se, you yeah. know, it sounds like I am, I'm just saying I understand it. And I do think that the people that are bringing this to light, they have an agenda and, and it worked to some extent. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and and I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, and everybody, we all say stuff when we're, you know, especially when we're yep. we're younger, and you know, we're like, like, you know, I'll be the first to admit, you know, I'm 36 now, but in my early 20s, I use that word, you know, every once in a while, and I'm not proud of it at all, at all, and I look back and I'm just like, you know, God, Ryan, you're a fucking moron for every ever uttering that word, but I mean, it's something we, you know. It's 
it's something that you do. And like, there's a lot of stuff I, you know, I had said back, you know, when I was 21 and that was, you know, in the mid two thousands and things, times have changed, things have changed. And, and your perspective changes as you get old, get older. And you're like, man, I'd said and did things that I shouldn't have. And, and, you know, and I learned from it and, and you know, and, I'm, and now like, I go, like, I make a point of, not ever saying anything I used to say. And, and, you know, if I hear people, you know, you know, like saying the R word, you know, it's like, you know, guys yeah. don't use, don't use that word. Don't use that word. Here's why. No. Here's why. And don't that, use the, don't use that, that particular F word or, or, you know, the G word, you know, you know, it's just, a, you yeah. know, it's, stuff's not right. You know, you know, and just, you or, know, it's uh, just, or, or calling guys, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't even want to get into it, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah you're mean, right. You just, yeah. just kind of, you just learn, you know, it's part of being a human yep. being, being a saying stupid stuff at times and then just learning it. You know what? That's wasn't cool. I mean, no, there, no. I mean, you could probably take a list of every human being to ever live and they've all said something that they shouldn't have said, including all these people that everybody look, looks up to. They might not <laughs> have said it all like on a podcast or in a tweet, but they They've definitely said it in conversations and, you know, nobody is perfect. So, so it's just living and learning and, and owning up to, to your mistakes and growing from them. And, and, you know, and, and Rogan, you know, he owned up to it. So, so, you know, he did. good for him to good for him to do so, do so. And yeah. And we see, we see and hear bullshit apologies all the time. And I, I really don't think this was one. I think this was sincere. No, for sure. For um, sure. He just, if there's one thing about Joe that I know, that I know, and I've been around Joe a bunch of times, you know, over the, over the years, especially because, you know, a lot, a lot of times before he became super famous because of the podcast, like you would go like, you know, media people and people who were like, you know, new UFC people and would go to, you know, they'd always have like these, you know, you know, if it was at the Mandalay Bay, everybody would be hanging out at one of those casino lounges. And Joe was always there and hanging out and always talking to people. And if there's one thing I've, I've known from being around him and I've had my conversations with, with him before is he's very sincere and very nice. And just, just so his, you know, him apologizing the way he did, I, you know, I know it was a hundred percent genuine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you, uh, I mean, you had a little bit to say, say about that in uh in your column on monday uh if people want to go back and read that as well in the observer uh, i think the words in the ufc or no i guess partly you partly dave mostly you i think uh talking about the rogan situation in, in it was, the observer it was right up as well it but, was dave it was dave in the observer so okay but that was before he actually got pulled so he was just talking about the everything that was going on and at that time it was expected that he would be working the show so yeah um, although he did say at one point, so I think he must have been writing this at different times because at one point he said he's definitely working. And then at another point he said he may decide to take it off. So I yeah. think stuff was developing as he was writing it. Yeah. But, but yeah. there's some good information in there. Yeah. About that. You know, as of when it was early in the week where he was confirmed to work and then somewhere about Wednesday or Thursday, Thursday, I think, I think it was Thursday where Michael Bisping kind of let slip that he got a, he got a late call to work the, work the UFC 
show this weekend. So there was kind of rumblings about about Thursday, which is when Dave finishes the Observer, that maybe Rogan might not be working working the show, and then definitely by fr- definitely by you know midday Friday, you know all the media people, myself included, knew knew, and then once you saw John Anik doing the ceremonial weigh-ins, you knew Joe wasn't working. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so ch- yeah, check out Ryan's column. Um, we also you you mentioned we were just go over the news now, and you mentioned Inganu in your in the notes you sent to me. But we already talked about that. Um, that it looks like, and we well we talked about on the Patreon actually. I'm not sure if you mentioned it here, but um, looks like he's gonna sign a new deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him and was it Tim and Dana had a meeting. Uh, was it last week or or yeah i think it was last week last week i don't think it was this past this past week but yeah they had they had dinner and apparently it went well i don't know if i don't know if francis's manager was there his manager is obviously the the big uh clog in the relationship i think if i think if it's just dana and francis you know, together they're they're probably fine, but you add a you add the third wheel in there, and maybe that's where kind of things kind of break down. You know, like you know, like it'd be like a situation where this guy and this guy are friends, but this guy is friends with another guy who's not friends with with your other friend, and they don't get along kind of situ situation. So so it's you know kind of you know but uh. Yeah, Francis went to Cameroon and he's supposed to come back and have his knee surgery. But yeah, uh, like I like I said, for those who didn't listen to the Patreon, Patreon basically by what Dana was saying in body language, I think there's ninety five percent chance that Francis signs a new deal and probably within the next you know month or so, you know that he signs a new deal and we kind of have clarity and you know that that. He, you know, because they they do have to figure out, you know, what's up with the what's up with the heavyweight title. So I mean, so getting Francis Francis whether he's going to leave or not is is a big big key. So if he resigns, you know, they don't have to do a heavyweight title by fight whether it's interim or not. I mean, they can go with the number one contenders. You know, there's a lot of talk about John Jones against Stipe Miocic. You know, uh, oh, yeah. if you know if Francis. Has a knee surgery? I could see him fighting at the end of the year or early next year. Maybe they go with the interim title. Maybe that, you know, maybe that they try to use it as a way to get Jones and Stipe to agree to that fight. You know, kind of, kind of thing. You know, but uh, but yeah, I could see that fight happening in the winter fighting Francis. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, we talked. You know, sometimes things look good and they break down at the end. But I, and I do think Israel Adesanya's new deal coming together uh, kind of. You know, it kind of gets the ball a little bit more going on Francis's contract. And Israel said the same thing. He hopes that now that he's done that, now the trickle down effect will help Francis first and then everybody else else following. So you heard it here first. Uh, Francis Ngannou and John Jones fighting on uh, uh, in uh, December, right? <laughs> We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll hopefully, see. hopefully, Ngannou uh, doesn't need surgery, but we'll see what happens. Um, oh, he's, now you also he, got he does, he, 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 he does need surgery. It's okay. It's already, so that's going to happen. It's already been. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also got po- some news on Poirier and Diaz. 
yeah, I mean, uh, Dustin Poirier was at the show on Saturday. He did a little uh, scrum with the media, and he said it's looking like summertime for that fight. Uh, he also said that he'll never fight Colby Covington for money because those two would, he, you know, he wouldn't fight him for free. He wouldn't fight him for money because those two would end up both in jail if they fought. But, uh, yeah, Poirier Diaz. Again, like I've said, like I've said, and, and, you know, it feels like, you know, I'm repeating this every week, but, but these two just keep talking about it. The holdup is, the holdup is they want Diaz to sign a new deal and Nate doesn't want to do it right now. He, uh, he, he was at Super Bowl this week and he, uh, did an interview and said, and said that, that let's get this fight done because it's going to be his retirement fight. Nobody believes that it's going to be his retirement fight, but he's trying, he's just trying to get himself leverage and UFC doesn't want him to hit free agency, free agency. I think he, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's all about money and it's all, it's all what it always is with, with the Diaz boys and, and yeah, he could fight, he could box Jake Paul, but after that, I mean, what, what is there outside of the that's it. UFC for him? There's nothing, there's nothing. That's it. Uh, it may, he'll make $5 million to fight Jake Paul, but it, yeah. I mean, there's nothing else. He could still fight Jake Paul in three um, years. He could still fight Jake Paul in three year three years and, and make that money. But, but you know, he can't fight Dustin Poirier or Conor McGregor again in three years. I mean, it's, it's you know, his, his UFC run, he's, he's really only got a few fights left in, left in the UFC. He's really got the Poirier fight and a third McGregor fight. And maybe, maybe Masvidal again, maybe, you know, maybe Covington again. But, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not much left for him. Comes out. <laughs> Yeah, Kamzat could be the last one. Yeah, yeah. I know know they both want that fight, but I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's just Kamzat wants to fight everybody, fight everybody. So yeah, Yeah. (laughs) something that uh, Uh, also that's yeah, something that's not in the rundown that's kind of come up in the last couple hours uh, that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Kayla Harrison, she did a she did an interview with ESPN's Mark Ramondi that came out a couple hours ago, but uh, but uh. For those who don't know, uh, we were talking a couple weeks ago about Harrison resigning, and even like new, even PFL was like basically saying that she was resigning, resigning. But talks have hit a snag at the last minute there, and she's not, and she might not end up resigning with PFL. And she did an interview today that she said she's hiring hiring a chef and looking into hiring a nutritionist to see if making one hundred thirty five pounds is even possible for her. So that's kind of an interesting development there. You know, she's, you know, I don't, she's, she's big, she's big girl. And she, she, her Olympic judo, she was at 172 too. I mean, she made 145 and didn't look like it was all that difficult for her, but, uh, you know, 145 to 135 is, that's a big drop, especially for somebody her size. But, you know, if she could do it, if she could do it safely and, you know, without, yeah. And she's she's not confident that she can, but she's gonna look into it. You know, she's like, she's just like, I don't want to have to chop off an arm and a leg to do it, to do it. But I'm gonna look in, into doing it right. But if uh, she can do it, she can do it right, and she can make 135. That opens up the door for UFC to swipe right back in and get her. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of an interesting. Yeah, they could do little development. 
there's some big money fights for her in UFC, you know, Nunez, Holly Holm, uh, you know, maybe Misha Tate, you know, I, I, I know she's gone down Pena. to featherweight. Pena. Pena. Yeah, but flyweight. Pena, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Pena's been talking that a lot of shit. First fight. Pena, and if Pena somehow beats Amanda Nunez, if Pena somehow beats Amanda Nunez again, all of a sudden, you know, yeah, that that could be something right there. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting development. Um, all right. So we we also got some fight announcements this week. Uh, you know, the first few were obviously this coming week. You've already talked about, and you know, the Dasanyos Fiziev moved. But uh, anything else you want to highlight? There's, a, I see a main event here we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, because it was just it was just something that was uh, announced this past week. Because we talked about that Columbus show is supposed to have the main event between Jan Baklovich and Alexander Rakic, but Baklovich pulled out. They got a replacement main event. It's going to be Curtis Blades, who who we were talking about a couple weeks, you know, maybe like a week or two ago. You know, when, we, when I said I hadn't heard whether or not he had signed a new deal with the UFC. Well, he signed a new deal with the UFC, and it's going to be him and Chris Dawkins. You know, in the main event of that show, show. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, they needed a main event. Yeah, Chris Dawkins was just in a main event and lost to Derek Lewis, but, but I mean, he's still a ranked heavyweight, and Curtis Wade is a. You know, top three, top four ranked heavyweight. He's right. You know, if you want to talk the top four, four or five would be would be Francis, John, Stipe, Gone, and Tuivasa. Blades is right there below below that. And you know, Blades would actually be the perfect fight for Tuivasa next next, but he got booked here. But uh yeah, I mean that's kind of an interesting main event and man, I'm actually glad that Blades resigned with the UFC. I don't think there was I didn't. I didn't like the prospect of him in Bellator, and I think he's better suited for the UFC. Yeah, he can have boring fights, but he's still a top level heavyweight. So I'm, I'm glad they were able to re-sign him because there was it was looking like there for a little while that that he wanted out and they didn't want him. But you know, you know things change. Yeah. Um, we also got a uh, big Bellator fight that could be like a great fight of the year contender, or it could be one of the worst fights of the year uh you romero and melvin manhoff i've seen both those guys have awesome fights and i've seen both those guys have horrible fights and this is on the uh, same card as bader congo so this could be this could be a really interesting show uh yeah no yeah. much else to say I mean, about that one i don't know about you uh, that's that like yeah that's a fight that somebody could die in or 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 the fans could die of boredom so yeah, yeah. And Soren Bach just got added to that card as well. Uh fifteen and one yeah. um Irish guy, last guy to beat Patty Pimblett, uh going up against uh Saul Rogers, a longtime Bellator vet. So yeah. uh and uh, a, any of these other fights other you want to talk about? Yeah, a few other fights I want to talk about. Uh, Cousin Umar, Umar Namagomedov, going to be back in action at UFC 272 in March uh, against Brian Kelleher. That's a really good fight right there. Man, man, I'm cool. Uh, UFC Fight Night, April 16th. We got uh, Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos, really exciting welterweight kickboxing standout fighter against Munir Lazez, who also really good. Uh, UFC Fight Night, May 14th, Angela Hill. 
sign a new UFC contract fighting Verna Jandaroba. And uh, UFC Fight Night, June 4th, Battle of Ranked Featherweights. Dan Ige against Movzar Ivloyev. So that's a big test for Ivloyev to see if he can break into that top 10. And Ige, you know, trying to get back back on the win, you know, back on the horse, back in the win column after, after losing a close fight to Josh Emmett. Nice. That, and that's not a main event either, right? So that could be a really uh, nice card. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't announced as a main event. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and we also got, uh, in case the Bellator and UFC cards aren't enough for you this weekend, there's a PFL Challenger series on Fubo TV, which may have less viewers than this show has listeners. Um, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, you know, and that's not to say we don't have a lot of listeners, but I don't think a lot of people are watching that show. Um, I, what I the hell I'm is Fubo? It's uh, like, what the hell is Fubo TV? Like, that's. <laughs> I think I have it, uh, but I don't know how it works. I don't know if I have to pay for it or what. But I, I, I know I'm not watching the show. Um, I saw the the lineup, and it's like I, I know a lot of names. And I don't know any of these names, so. Um, so yeah, that's just about going to do it. You got anything else you want to, I, I think it looks like we hit everything on the rundown. Yeah. Yeah. I think we hit everything and yeah, between these two shows, I think, All I right. think we've, we've talked a lot of MMA this weekend. So we have, we have. Um, so Ryan will have his preview on Thursday, as he always does. And you can also check out his uh, write-up of UFC 271 in The Observer. That'll come out on Friday. Um, I uh, I have a show that I recorded today. Uh, it'll drop tomorrow on the Grandpa Des YouTube channel, which is an interview with Joe Aiello, who, uh, former WWE announcer. We had a really interesting conversation about uh, wrestling, radio, a bunch of stuff. Um, and... Uh, and then uh, I also have the Dynamite show on this on the Patreon with um, Jeff Hawkins. That'll come out Wednesday night. And then Ryan, will be, Ryan and I'll be back next uh, next week. And for our next, I know we promised for this past uh, uh, pay-per-view review that we were going to have Garrett Gonzalez on. But he's promised to come on next time with us. So you can look forward to that in early March after the... Uh, I think we're actually going to preview uh, the Covington... Um, uh, I keep wanting to say Covington Usman, Covington Masvidal fight with Garrett uh, in early March. So you can look forward to that coming out. So uh, for Ryan, I'm Paul. And Ryan, why don't you take us home like you always do? All right, everybody. Enjoy the fights this upcoming week and have a great week. Later. <laughs>